Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So me, right? I don't know if you remember what we were talking about last week. Okay. What was the topic last week? Okay. How many attending the City of the Lord Church for their very first time? Please raise your hands. If you're coming for your very first time. Second time. Third time. Third time. Okay, legends. Somewhere in between legend and okay. Who's in between like okay and legend? Okay. Who's somewhere there? Okay. Then are there any of you who attend Wednesdays, you you don't you've never attended, but you attend Wednesday. I'd like to see your hands. You attend Wednesday, but not Sunday. Wednesday, not Sunday. Oh, wonderful. And then, how many of you attend Wednesday? And you're hoping to attend Sunday soon. You just don't know why you've not attended yet. Raise your hands. You. Those... <laughs> okay. And then, how many of you? to C-O-L right here on Sundays. I'd like to see your hands. If you come here on Sundays, raise your hands, please. Okay. Wonderful. We are, we are having an awesome time. On Sunday, we were being taught about zeal, not being slothful in zeal. Praise God. So for those who are new or those who are coming for their first time, would like to have a word with you afterwards. We're very nice people. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands for a moment. As we prepare to take in the word, I want you to say after me. Say in the name of Jesus. My mind is prepared. My heart is prepared. My spirit is positioned. In the name of Jesus, I take in everything the word has for me. The word of God is transforming me. The word of God is transforming my life. Say in the name of Jesus, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him, I have great to understand mysteries. I have grace to produce results. So now in Jesus' name, I speak to my body to be transformed in accordance to the word of the Lord. That I walk in perfect health. In the name of Jesus. I speak to my finances to be transformed in accordance to the word of God which says that I walk in wealth. Say in the name of Jesus everything that concerns my academics my career my business my employment my various relationships in the name of Jesus all of it does not conform to the standard of the world but it's experiencing transformation by the word of God in Jesus name 
Say, I'm an excellent one. I have been called to glory and virtue. Everything about me exudes excellence. And I resist anything in opposition to this confession. Whether in the natural realm or in the spiritual realm. I resist it in Jesus' name. Say, I'm special. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Praise God. Tell me, what does that do to you? I, 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 you know, I was in... I think I'll switch now. I don't think I'll sing. Didn't you mind? And you haven't seen me in a while, and I'm, I'm misbehaving like this. <laughs> okay. Um... I was in Kitwe and I taught a sermon entitled The Excellent Ones. And we saw from the scriptures how we've been called to glory and virtue. And virtue is excellence. Praise God. All of us have been called to virtue. And so I was leading them in confessions of I'm excellent and all those things. And I was amazed because I looked at the faces of people and you could tell that their mind was shocked to hear them say such nice things about themselves. When was the last time you just woke up and said, the excellent one has woken up? I don't know if you're getting my point. When was the last time you went for a hard exam? And as you're walking in, they ask, hey, and you say, ah, the ones who make the marking key are here. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you stuff that I practice. Stuff that I practice. I, I don't believe in that false humility. Whether an exam is hard or easy, if I walk out of an exam room and someone says, ah, even though I'm a charge, I say yes. I'm not going to pretend with any false humility. Praise God. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and just said, the beautiful ones are here? These are the ones whom when God was making, he saw that it was very good. Praise God. Make a habit of speaking. It's beyond good. It's speaking God about you. Make a habit of speaking God about you. Praise God. Because we are living in a world that's full of opinions. A world that's standards that you may never always meet. And you can tell that the world does that. I'm not against it, but notice, let's say, modeling competitions, right? The kind of person they're looking for, you find if you are to go to an average gathering, you're not going to find 30 people looking like that. And you know, sometimes what they do, sometimes they'll sell you a message that these are the ones who are good and you're not. But you can at least try to be almost like them if you buy our products. So they'll put the models to model products. Now what am I trying to say? It's that if you're going to go by the world standards, you'll never attain good enough. That's why Miss Universe 2009 won't win 2010. There'll be somebody else then. And the biggest thing that you'd want to do is to ensure that each and every day you are God's best version of you. Praise the Lord. 
was, I was about to tell you to say something, except I don't know how to, maybe where I put my name, you say insert name here, because I was about to say, I'm the best version of Frederick Kaluluma they can be. Like when God was thinking of a Frederick Kaluluma, this is what he was thinking. Praise God. Now, tonight, I'm going to share with you on the word of God as a sword. The word of God as a sword. The word of God as a sword. I want you to understand that the word of God is multi in, in, in manifestation, the word of God is multidimensional. Multidimensional. By multidimensional, what I'm trying to say is there are several angles you can look at the manifestation of God's word from. Multidimensional. For example, do you know, give me Proverbs 4, verse 22. Start from verse 20. My son, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Praise God. Give me the next verse. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. The next verse. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You know the word of God can be to you health. And that's why you find you can be in a teaching. And let's say you've come for a service. And the service is about one month of zeal. Praise God. Let's say we're talking about zeal. And no one mentions anything about your situation. You know, you can walk out of that service with a virus gone. Just because the word of God is life to you, to you and health to your flesh. I want you to understand something. Go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The day you understand this, you will give a lot of attention to the time of ministration of the word. And you ensure that when it's time for ministration of the word, you avoid distractions. You ensure that when it's time for ministration of the word, you tell your body, hold it. You can go to the bathroom later. For the word of God is living and active, living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We're talking about this today. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I want you to get something there. Have you noticed that when the word of God is being described, it doesn't begin by saying the division of joints and marrow. It starts with soul and spirit. That shows you that the word of God is able to go deep, deep to the very deepest of your thought, of your being. And the word of God can do an operation on your soul. The word of God can do an operation on your soul. Remember the testimonies we heard in Quito. You know, we had uh, a team in Quito that were doing a talk show. And 
they were talking about what made them join the church and all those things. And one of them explained how they had uh, a chest issue. And it seems apparently we went for a meeting and we were not feeling very normal that day. So we said, in the name of Jesus, we do a divine operation on you. May the Lord switch chests. And they went for an extra. <laughs> but they're fine. So the word of God, <laughs> the word of God is able to go deep and do an operation on your soul. And I want you to hear me because for some who are hearing such things for the first time, it may be exciting. But if you've heard this over and over again, ensure that as these words are coming, you're mixing them with faith. Otherwise, that the sword won't be sharp enough. What am I trying to say? Sometimes the challenge is not believing for the first time. Sometimes the challenge is when you've heard something before and you've not taught your heart to, to be refreshed. Don't get familiar with it. Praise God. May God do wonders in your life that will just shock you. Where you wonder, I know I have faith, but this. May God do such wonders in your life. So now, the word of God can do an operation on your soul. Can you imagine? You can, you can go into the operation room. And the word of God comes, skips the body, goes straight to the soul. I don't know if you're getting my point. Cuts that part, cuts that part where there's that heartbreak, removes it. I don't know if you're getting my point. Cut, cuts that part where there's that, that, that bad memory that keeps recurring. Goes straight into the source of the depression. And that's why you never neglect the ministry of the word. Because as the word of God is being ministered, it's going straight to your spirit. It can divide spirit from soul. That, that's why a believer can forgive. Because your spirit, I, I don't know if you gave me, you can come to a place where your soul is feeling like this, but you say, no, this is not the right way. Praise God. And that's why during a moment when the word of God is being ministered, be very alert. Look at Luke 5 verse 17 before we get back here. Luke 5 verse 17. Now it happened a certain day that as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Have you noticed it doesn't say as he was teaching on healing? Have you noticed it? We are not taught the topic he was teaching. All we know is that as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present. When you imagine that meeting, you may think it was the kind of meeting where as Jesus was teaching, there were whirlwinds. I don't know if you get it, there were whirlwinds. And you know, it was, everyone who was standing could feel an air blowing and blowing and blowing. But I can imagine it was a bit different. Can I tell you why I say so? Look at verse 13, verse 18. Then behold, men brought a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Should remind me when I'm teaching on several groups of these, a revelation on this one. Aha. And they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. Let's continue. Go after the healing. He saw their faith. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Look at the next verse. But the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? And ABCD. What am I trying to say? If the meeting was the kind where as he was talking, there were winds blowing around and all that stuff, I don't think the Pharisees would have argued. I can imagine the setting was so ordinary. And in such an ordinary setting, Jesus perceives faith. And he goes to a paralytic and says, your sins are forgiven. And that power which was present manifested for him. So as the word of God is being taught, let's go back to Hebrews. We are in chapter 4, right? We're in verse 12. As the word of God is being ministered, 
Remember that it's a double-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit. You're having trouble with addiction? Go to the word of God. You're having trouble with your mind? Go to the word of God. You're having trouble with your heart? Go to the word of God. It pierces spirit and soul. And then it says, and joints and marrow, even the body, it can pierce. It can make, there can be a divine operation on the body. You may be in this place and there's an organ that's misbehaving in your body. Maybe it's your eye. Maybe it's your kidney. Maybe it's your liver. I'm here to tell you that the word of God is here this night. The word of God is in this place. The word of God is in this place. Praise God. Hey, somebody say glory. And look at this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Who has ever been there where the sermon is being preached? And the sermon is about zeal. And for you, you've had, I don't know, there's something that has gone on in your life or something, and it's got nothing to do with zeal. Then suddenly there's a random example being given or a joke being given. And then that joke or example is you. It's exactly you. Do you know what has happened there? The word of God has descended your heart, descended your thoughts. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's different from, I, I know there are moments where there's like a word of knowledge. But this one, it's different. If, if I could tell you the number of times I've had people come in, in my office and say, Pastor, you're a preacher about me. I'm like, when I said what? And then they'll say, when you said ABCD, I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. What happens? The word of God is perambulated. The word of God is discerning the hearts. The word of God is discerning the minds. And that's why when you're a minister of the gospel, you must always be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can redirect you for the sake of someone. Even for the sake of one person. How many of you remember that service? There's a service. I think there was a testimony posted in the group. There's a service where I came. I was ministering. And I started talking about a certain name. And I kept mentioning, and I had no idea why that name came to me. So I received the message afterwards, and somebody said, Pastor, I was afraid. I had been contemplating going back to a life of compromise. And I was invited by a person of that same name. I said, God, if you don't want me to do this, I ask for a sign. And then I came to church, and I kept mentioning that name. Imagine that. Imagine that. So the ministration of the word is holy. That's why don't disturb it. Don't distract, for example, the ministry. The, the whole walking about thing. Don't do that. Don't disturb it. It's holy. Because look, maybe nothing is happening for you, but you never know what delicate operation is taking place for another person. Praise God. 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. Personality is given to the word. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God, as I said earlier, is multifaceted. And today I want us to see the word of God as a sword. I want you to understand something. Spiritual warfare is a very vital part of the life of a believer. By that I mean the most important weapon God has on earth to fight is the person you see in the mirror. God's 
deadliest weapon on earth is you. God's response to earthly things has always been a man. His response has always been a man. The children of Israel cried out, what did God do? He raised Moses. If you read the book of Judges, God would always raise a man when the children of Israel would cry out. Gideon was raised because the children of Israel cried out. And even our Messiah had to become the son of man. Have you ever noticed in the scriptures when Jesus would go somewhere and the demons would be like, what do you want from us, son of God? And he would tell them, shut up. And they would always say, it's not yet our time. Are you here to torment us before our time? Do you know why they would say that? Do you know why they would say, what do you want from us, son of God? It's because they were trying to disqualify him from operating on earth. They were trying to say, you're not supposed to function on earth. You're, You're a son of God. You belong to the heavens. That's what they were trying to do because they knew that a spirit on earth needs a body. That's why they were also possessing bodies. Such that one day they had to beg to be taken to pigs. Don't worry, all those pigs died. Haven't you read? All those pigs died. Praise God. They all died. All of them. They immediately went and and Jesus was, was removed from the air. Praise God. But then you must understand that for God to manifest things on earth, he needs a man. That's why Amos 3 verse 7 says, Surely the Lord does nothing without revealing first to his servants the prophets. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? So God's deadliest weapon on earth is you. And that's why the earth is waiting for you. Listen, there's a woman out there who has never conceived before, despite being married for some years. And the reason why is because you and her have not met yet. It's because that hand of yours has not yet been put on her belly. There's somebody out there who just seems to be struggling with getting a job because you've just not prayed for them yet. That's why it says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. There's someone right now who's destined for hell because they've just not heard you yet. Praise God. So God's greatest weapon is you. No, there's too much witchcraft in this family. God answer our prayers. And God is saying, the answer is that one. That's what God is saying. Look, many a times we're waiting for God to do something when he's waiting for us. You are God's weapon. Go to Jeremiah chapter number 51. And verse 20, this is what God is saying to you tonight. Jeremiah 51 and verse 20. I'm so glad I was taught these things early. I was taught these things when I was about 15. That's what I knew. I was taught this when I was 15. The Bible says, you are my battle axe. And weapons of war. (laughs) For with you I will break the nation in pieces. With you I will destroy kingdoms. Let's go on. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. Uh Uh-huh. With you, I will also break in pieces man and woman. With you, I'll break in pieces old and young. With you, I'll break in pieces the young man and the maiden. And if you've done your study, ever since the ministry of effectively casting out demons was introduced in the New Testament, 
you'll notice that a lot of what was physical warfare in the Old Testament has become spiritual warfare in the New Testament. And so there are different entities in the spiritual realm. There are different entities. And the Bible has told us what Satan's agenda is. Satan's agenda is clear. It says war to the earth and its inhabitants. For the devil has come carrying great wrath, for he knows that his time is short. That's in the book of Revelation chapter 12. He doesn't need um, somebody to provoke him, for him to hate them. You know, sometimes somebody will come to me saying, Apostle, God gave me a word for you. What's the word? Ha! The devil is not happy with you. He doesn't like you. <sighs> Tell me something new. <laughs> he, didn't like, he didn't like me from the day I was born. Why do you think he attacked my health when I was a kid? He didn't like me from the day I was born. Praise God. But God's weapon is you. God's weapon is you. You are God's weapon. You are his battle axe. Somebody say, I am God's battle axe. Say, I am God's weapon for war. And then he says, with you, I do this. With you, I do this. So for you to understand how to do that, you must see from the scriptures how it is done. Praise God. Now, the key is given in Ephesians 6. Let's look at verse 10. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, years from now, not that anything will happen in between now and then, but I'm just imagining one of you ministering at the branch and, and you're taking people through these lessons. And as you're doing it, you'll go through memory lane and you remember there was that night there was that night I sat in that, that seat and that day I was taught that I'm God's weapon and my life changed that night. Listen, for me some of the most memorable nights and sermons since I've changed my life, there were a lot in those sermons. For others it was just another sermon. I think there were some of us who put aside everything else we're thinking of, anything we're going through, and say, this is my word. It may be an ordinary day. Even the day Jesus was born was an ordinary day for some people. Some people lived and died without knowing. But for us, we handle it as a holy night. So we have been told, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be is also used when we're told, be holy. It's, it's, it's a command. You're being told, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we are told why. Uh-huh. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So here's what you must realize. Satan will launch weapons. The Bible doesn't say weapons will not prosper. Sorry, the Bible doesn't say weapons will not be launched. It says they will not prosper. And then we are told, put on the whole armor of God. That shows you something. The aspect of putting on the armor is up to you. Now, the way you put on the armor is not like, okay, right now, it's what's the time, nine. Okay, come on, 10 hours, put it on. Then on 10 hours. So I put on the armor of God. Right now, I put on the shoes. Because this armor is spiritual. And it's it starts with your awareness of these things. So it says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. Uh-huh. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our biggest opposition on earth is not human beings. Because even if some human beings were to go, that spirit will go in somebody else. We have to learn to deal with spirits. And it tells us that we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. When you've been alert or you've done a bit of ministry, you understand that sometimes you can just, let's say you can go to a certain boarding house 
Everyone just gets sick the same way there. And you've accepted it as normal. And you're living in that body now. No, 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 no. Get up and say, in the name of Jesus, this comes to an end now. And you say, everyone, we're going to have... Uh, so we're going to have some time and we're just going to pray. How? You keep saying when, like you even predict it. Uh, these Toma Freshers who've come, they're looking humble. Give them three months, they'll be for clubs, they'll be for this. So you don't know that it's spirits at work. How come they were not like that elsewhere? It's spirits at work. And you may be saying, no, it's peer pressure. What do you think is causing the peer pressure if not devils? You, you, you must say, I'm putting an end to it. Amen. You must say, I'm putting an end to it. And then you take it radically in prayer and take it radically in the preaching of the gospel. Where a university becomes a place where people get saved. And I can assure you, we've gotten a lot of people saved through colleges and universities. We've gotten a lot of them. Praise God. Some of us, when we think a university or a college, we think hunting ground. We think source. We think how we can build a ministry. We're even near a college. That's the way we think. You must understand that there are principalities there. I remember when I was at the University of Zambia. One day I decided, Let, let's sit and watch how this thing starts. And I was like, hey, Shani, what do we do? And everyone pointed, hey, it's like, I remember this kid running. Guys, it's happening. It's happening. Let's go to the roadside. I was just watching. In their normal mind. It's not like there was a cause. That day, honestly, there was no cause. And I think there was something to do with Basari. I remember the next day, some guy saying, you know, I don't even know I was doing that. I'm not even on BC. It means there's a spirit hovering. Look, somebody goes to that college, right? And then suddenly they start sitting and thinking, but is it right that I'm still a virgin? Maybe I also need to find some. What's happening? The devils now, the devils which, which function in that vicinity are now talking, saying, did God really say? Are you really sure? Do you know how our... End unless you, who is God's weapon of war. Do you know what grace God has given us? I can tell you one of the things that God has graced us to do. We've made Christianity trend, we've made holiness become the happening thing. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Where in a circle, people beca- it, it becomes the wrong thing to do, becomes doing that other thing. I'm telling you. So, we, we don't wrestle against these things. And now, I want us to look at some of the weapons that were given. Uh-huh. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Hey, stand. Stand is mentioned a lot. Eh? Like, come what me. Hey, it may throw all at you. Just, ah, I'm still standing. Having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, with your waist girded. Your loins girded with Now, if you read, it's what the King James says, the loins, right? You've, you've changed the verse. Your loins. Now, loins for a man is where he produces. That which he produces, the one that produces other people, Right? It's interesting that that's where truth should be. Can you imagine what, what, what that produces? But let's not go into that. And, that. and the first thing we're told is the belt of truth. And a Roman soldier, what used to happen is that their belt is where everything would fit. So in short, if your truth is messed up, it'll be difficult with all the other weapons. What am I trying to say? If you sit here and believe that it's possible for you as a believer that for you as a believer you can be seated and if a witch feels like they can decide you'll never enjoy your life because they want to, because they feel like. If you believe a witch has that power over you 
where were your weapons to fight that witch rest? If you believe as a believer that what your grandfather did is more powerful than what the blood of Jesus did, and the sacrifice anyone made on an altar is more powerful than the blood which cries out and speaks good things over you, then in the event that you're facing such a situation, where would the power to fight it come from? You can't fight what you're under. You can't fight what you're under. That's why you see people screaming, afraid, the moment their bottle of oil runs out. The moment the oil runs out, for them, their God is finishing. Their protection is finishing. I remember meeting somebody and they had had a rubber band on for one of their favorite ministers. And, and, and I think those things should really be more for memory and, I don't know, any, any other reason. And I forgot what happened. I wanted to see it. And he said, no, no, I can't remove it. If I remove it, what happens to my protection? I say, that's the problem. Your faith is in a rubber band. So Satan knows this one. Let's just attack the rubber band. And he will inspire some thief to just come steal the rubber band. Anyways, the breastplate of righteousness is gone. I want to see something. Your feet with the preparation of the gospel uh-huh, of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. So Satan can throw darts. They don't need to affect you. There's what is called the shield of faith. And that's not the teaching for today. Uh-huh. It would usually have water on it, by the way. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The question is, where is the sword found? Specifically, he says, which is the word of God? For the others, he doesn't really define. But this one, he says, which is the word of God? The question is, where is the sword found? Look at Romans 10. And look at, now remember, what is the sword of the spirit? The word of God. But the question is, where is it found? Is it found here? Let's look at Romans 10. Give me verse 7. Verse 8. Let's go. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is that word of faith which we preach. It says it's near you. It's not by your side. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And after this is where we are told to confess it. So meaning there's something you have to do to activate it. There's something you have to do to activate it. But that sword is not found by your side. And let me tell you from the book of Revelations. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 12. I remember someone meeting me and saying, ah, you Pentecostals. That's what some people call us. You like, I declare, I declare. I know what, I, I said, I don't think they've learned this. The day you learn this, you learn that uh, this thing of, no, I'm just a humble person with quiet prayers. There is a reason those people are now coming to ask for prayers. Have you noticed when they want solutions, we're the ones they come to? Ah, let's be honest, check my office. <laughs> ask the people who work in my office. We are the ones they come to when they want. There are some ways they say, I know I'm from this other ministry, but yeah. Uh, but we need fire. We are the ones they come to. Why? Because our mouths are not shut. We've learned how to use them. And he says, the word of God is near you. Revelations 1. <laughs> Talking about Yeshua, Christu, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let's go. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. These are symbolic of the churches, right? Let's go. Uh-huh. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. Uh huh. His head and hair were white like wool. May God, the God of grace, may He give you revelation. For the John who said he saw these things had already encountered Jesus in person. He had already met Jesus. He had rested his head on Jesus' chest. But a time came when he encountered Jesus a different way. 
and the results were different. Even in this moment, the Lord is increasing your revelation. He's increasing your revelation. And there's this awe that you will have of the Lord Jesus. He's increasing your revelation. You will suddenly realize, oh my goodness, I thought he could heal. And, and then you'll have this encounter with him as the healer. The Lord is increasing you. The Lord is increasing you. He's the Lord. His head and hair, they are white like wool. As white as snow. And his eyes like a flame of fire. You encounter this in Jesus' name. Let's continue. Verse 15. His feet were like brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice like the sound of many waters. Uh -huh. He had in his right hand, some of you are expecting a sword, eh? No, 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 no. He had in his right hand seven stars. And I want us to read the next line together. One, two, three, go. Out of his mouth. The sharp two-edged sword. Where is the word of God? In your mouth. Notice, we are told, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word. Have you observed that for Jesus, the sword was not found here? No, it came out of his mouth. So it was in here and it proceeded. Now, I want you to imagine the scenario. Here is John, he sees Jesus. And then Jesus is there. And this is a Jesus he knew. But the revelation has increased. And then suddenly his mouth starts opening. And out of it starts coming out a double-edged sword. We are not even told he handled it. I don't know whether he handled it with his mouth, with his teeth. All I can assure you of is this. The word of God is near you. It's in your mouth. It's not time to keep quiet. It's not time to keep quiet. And I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that even when he wrote to the church at Pergamos, he said, maybe can I show it to you? Let's go there. Revelations. Is somebody being blessed? Is somebody being blessed? Revelations. I want you to see that. When Jesus was writing to the different churches in the book of Revelations, have you noticed that they each had a different revelation of him? And I want us just to see what he wrote to the church in Pergamos. Holy, holy. Is it verse 12? Revelations chapter 2. Look at this. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write... These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. He didn't say the bronze feet. He didn't say the eyes of fire. There are times it's not time for the, oh, I love you, I love you. Uh -uh. There are times you need to know the one with the double-edged sword. And then look at, what, look, look at why he introduced himself as this. The next verse shows you. I know your works and where you dwell, Satan's throne is. He knew this guy is a warfare in this area. So that Jesus, they had to know, was the one with a two-edged sword. Listen, we praise God that you've been feeling comforted and you've been having the Jesus who's been in the storm with you and comforting you in the storm. But there comes a time. There comes a time to tell that storm. There comes the time to tell it, Hey, peace, be still. And we've come to learn that peace is not this soft thing. Peace is a force. It can swallow up the whirlwind. Praise the Lord. And so the word of God as the sword. And I want you to understand this. You can become skillful with your sword. You can grow with your sword. Learn to build your life with your sword. Can I show you just one or two more scriptures as we're ending? Listen, your life never put down your sword. Nehemiah 4 and verse 17. Never put down that sword. Nehemiah 417. With all creation I sing. <laughs> the Bible says, then those who built on the wall and those who carried the burdens located themselves so that with one hand they worked and con at construction and with the other they held a weapon. Hey, 
with one hand you are building your life with one hand you are doing the confessions with one hand you are doing the application letters on the other hand you are holding a weapon so that if any devil hey if any devil comes at you if any devil comes at you listen never put down your sword praise god and let me tell you something you can become skillful with your sword look at hebrews just three more scriptures you can take your seats this is one of those nights praise god didn't you miss nights like this they've always oh my goodness they've always laughed at africa They've always said you guys like prayers too much. All you do is pray. Are you as rich as Germany? They predicted that we'd all be lying down on the floor with this disease of theirs. We didn't have the facilities they had. Check Zambia 0.002%. What facility can you say has saved Zambia? This <laughs> technology we have in this part of life is a technology and that's why we are the first to begin to gather again we are the first to begin to have services like this again now in hebrews chapter number 5 and i want you to see verse 11 i have stone take hands look at verse 11 now i need to understand this ah verse 12 it says For by this time you ought to be teachers you need somebody to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you come to need milk and not solid food. Uh-huh. For everyone who partakes only of milk watch the word is unskilled in what the word of righteousness for he is a babe. That shows you something that you can actually become skilled in using a particular word. You can become skilled in that you can become skilled. You can become skilled. Have a day. I was thinking to myself just now. Haven't you read of David's mighty men? Was there not one of David's mighty men whom the sword literally became attached to his hand because of how skilled he was? It literally became part of his hand. That one you, you had to greet him properly. If you are an enemy don't don't touch him from behind. His sword was lit. He didn't even have to go here. His sword was attached to him. So you can become skilled with the word. And when you become skilled with the word, do you know what happens? It's no longer just the sword of the Lord. Remember your one spirit vision. It becomes your sword. Judges chapter 7. The Israelites We are suffering and God raises a man named Gideon. And they're now about to go for war. And in verse 20 I want you to see what happened. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers and they held the torches in their left hands and trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried. Everybody read and they cried. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. <laughs> I want you to read it again but put your name because this is how skilled God is raising you. Kelabasa. And they cried out what? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And this just to prove that that's not just in the Old Testament. When you go to Acts 19 and when you see somewhere verse 14 15 there were these guys called the sons of Sceva and they decided that they were going to try and attempt to do something spiritual a spiritual realm that didn't recognize them and the bible says there were seven sons of Sceva a Jewish priest who did so aha uh-huh. the evil spirits they were trying to cast out devils saying in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches Now there was some there was some demon drug of go then they met some uneducated ones I wonder if you when casting out devils if you encounter those out 
and then they don't understand English. So, the evil spirit answered, and I want you to hear this. The evil spirit said, Jesus, I know. But notice, he didn't just end on knowing Jesus. There was somebody else who had, who had built their sword. There was somebody else who was skilled with their sword. So the spirit didn't just say, Jesus, I know. It went to say, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. <laughs> Why? Because there was something about the way he had developed his soul. You remember that time we were going to confront that wizard in Chongwe? I don't know on our way. The person tells the child, I keep seeing him in the mirror. It's that person called Frederick. Tell him not to come. He said, we are coming. We are coming. Praise the Lord. I, I, I got a very funny testimony the other day. There was somebody who was in labor. And their centimeters hadn't dilated to the level they should have dilated. But when being a pastor, you get to know things. And just uh, and so I thought labor was like two minutes. I, I thought like it's like the movies. You go into the labor words, they shout push. You say push. One minute later, you've got a child. I didn't know that actually. I didn't know it. What's the average? What's the average time for labor? Okay. Whatever the time for labor is. And although well, in the labor world and everyone was in pain and all those things. And but they mean it's wow. Like everyone is this one is screaming that side, this guy is screaming this side, this one is screaming. That's why when babies are born, they all start screaming first and crying. They're like, they learned from that scenario. <laughs> and everyone is screaming this side, this side, this side. And then the person just shouted, The God of Apostle Frederick. <laughs> I, I didn't I don't know what made them shout that. And then a child popped out. <laughs> then everyone in the world started saying, Listen, where people lack faith, when, when they run out of faith, when you become that person in the family who they lean on, the one who they say, well, is someone around? Okay, we are fine. Okay, we are safe. There is a way that man prays. We know this guy's knees work. I don't know if you are getting my point. What I'm trying to say is that you must learn to understand the word of God as a sword. Use it directly as a weapon. You can attack the enemy with it. Don't just, don't wait for attacks. Attack the enemy. Listen, whatever sicknesses the enemy may have planned, maybe he has planned a sickness for you in five months. So what you can do? By the spirit, you can go into the rest of your year. And you can decree and declare, saying, in the name of Jesus, I hail from Mount Zion. And I'm the kind who does not say I am sick. And I thank you, Lord, for I walk in divine health. Now I use that as a sword. And in the name of Jesus, I cut into pieces any form of sickness the enemy has sent. I don't know if you're getting my point. Deep in a recession, they are predicting people going to unemployment, they are predicting people go broke. Say, oh, sword time, sword time. And then you're not looking this side. You, you know, you've been meditating on it, and then out of the abundance of your heart, you release it. Oh, okay, come on, can't you release that soul? And you say, in the name of Jesus, I go into 2021. Hey, any attack, I destroy it now. Before you know it, people will be asking, Is you, the devil doesn't know, you defeated him in advance. So, on one hand, you're doing that. On the other hand, you're building. On the other hand, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. In one hand, you're building. The other hand, you've got your weapon. The word of the Lord has a sword. I don't know what, some of us are in school. I don't know what year you're in. Maybe you're in second year. You don't need to have those complications in third year. You don't need to have your paper lost in fourth year. Going to the future. The word of God is eternal. Going to all your exams. Listen, you, you may not even have met your Mr. Mr. Somebody. Going to the future, going to the time you'll be pregnant, going to the time, going to the future. Use the word of God as a weapon. Praise the Lord. It shall not return to him void. The sword is not for defending, it's for attacking. Attack Satan, attack him. Praise God. I'm going to give you five minutes to practice this. I know we've used up a lot of time, but it's been worth it, don't you think?
I don't know about you. I'm not going to keep quiet after this. I'm not going to keep quiet. I'm not going to keep quiet. Get up, get up, get up. I'm not going to keep quiet. Get a mic. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.